I'm Chad Robertson. I'm your Bible teacher today on this edition of Awakened to Grace. Friends, we're in part two of a sermon called Unhurried Trust. We're in a greater series called The Unhurried Life. And if you've missed any sermons from this series, go back on my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. And when you download that app, Oh, you have access to hundreds upon hundreds of powerful, life-changing sermons and other spiritual content. Well, today we're asking the question and answering the question, what is biblical trust? What does it look like for you and I to really trust God? We're going to answer it with Proverbs chapter 3 today. If today speaks to your heart, shoot me a quick email. My email is so simple. It's pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to know who you are, where you're listening from, and how I can pray for you. Let's go to God's Word today, Proverbs chapter 3, in this sermon, Unhurried Trust. But what the Bible teaches is that in all of your ways, in all of the decisions of life, in every area of your responsibilities, in every area of your hobbies, in every area of your interests, in every area of your enjoyments, acknowledge God. In other words, invite God to be part of your daily life. Does that make sense? And then we find ourselves on weird paths. We find ourselves in dark paths, ways, places that God never led us. And we go, how did I get here? We didn't acknowledge God. Therefore, he did not direct our path. Because there was no acknowledgement of his lordship, of his guidance. Does that make sense to you? See, some of us foolishly, mistakenly, And I've done this. I'm not throwing stones. Some of us think sometimes that all we need to do is pray about something. Let me tell you what I've learned in my life. It's not enough to pray about something. Do you know what I'm to do? Follow me. Follow the word. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. And he will make straight, or in other words, he will direct or he will guide your paths. And then what's the next verse say? Do not be wise in your own eyes. Don't be wise in your own understanding. But turn to the Lord. Turn away from evil. Do you know what I've done so often in life? I've prayed about something and felt good about myself because I prayed about it. And then it turned out to be disaster. And when I go back and I look and I go, I don't understand. I prayed about this. Come on now. Am I preaching to the right people? Because I can't see you. I don't know if this, uh, uh, you may have no idea what I'm talking about. Have you ever prayed about something and it turned out to be, I mean, disaster? And you're going, what in the world happened? I prayed about this. Surely I'm not the only one who's ever done that. (laughs) We should do a small group, Troy. (laughs) Me and Troy, we're doing a small group together. Golly. You know what I've begun to learn, though? Listen. When, listen, so often when I pray, let me just give you a sneak peek to what it can look like. Okay, God, um, I don't say it this way, but 
here's really what I'm saying. Okay, God, uh, I've already made my mind up, and this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to do it, and this is where I'm going, and this is what I'm doing. Okay, Lord, now I need you to bless it. Have you ever prayed that way? Maybe not in that tone, but with that mentality. Okay, God, my mind's made up. Now I need you. That's not real prayer, my friends. Do you know what real prayer is? It's seeking the counsel of God. God, what's your will? Show me, Lord. I will wait for you. I'll wait until you give me an answer. That's real praying. And what I've found is when I wait on God and he gives me a clear answer and I go his path, guess what? It's not disastrous. I can see his hand. I can see his favor. I can see success. I can see blessings on my life because I'm going God's path. It's when I've already made up my mind and said, okay, God, now help me. That's not real praying. That's not acknowledging God in all of my ways. So when you look at your daily life, are you turning away from your own wisdom? Uh, Our our top five list. (laughs) If you wrote down the top five mistakes, would you look at that and go, was that God's wisdom or was that my own wisdom? What do you think the answers would be? Now notice what he says next. We're, we're going to not be wise in our own eyes. We're going to turn away from evil. We're going to turn to the Lord and turn away from evil. And then look what he said. Very interesting. Look what he says. It will be health to your flesh and, and uh, um, thank you, refreshment to your bones. It will be health to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. I love this verse. You know why? Because what stress do to your body? What's worry do to you? Some of you right now listening in the building or online, you're listening and you are a ball of frustration. Your sleep is gone. You can't rest. You can't trust. You can't wait. You're just frustrated and you're constantly, you're breaking down. You're breaking down mentally. You're breaking down emotionally and you're breaking down physically. That's what stress will do to you. But see, you wait on the Lord. You turn away from evil. You don't be wise in your own understanding. You acknowledge God in all of your ways. Your paths begin to get directed and straightened out by God Almighty. Do you know what will be the result? Health. Health to your literal flesh. Refreshment to your literal bones. Hallelujah. Amen. How can people say the word of God's not relevant? Of course it is. Because we know doctors tell us what stress does to our bodies. Well, what does the word of God do to your body? It brings health. It brings refreshment. It brings strength. Amen? So number one, how do you know, how do you know if you're trusting in God or if you're leaning on your own understanding? How do you know? Number one, you examine your daily living. Are you, are you wise in your own eyes? Are you making decisions based upon your own understanding, based upon you, based upon your feelings, based upon your gut? 
based upon your emotions or are you making decisions based upon waiting on the Lord? What a difference. Number two, there's not only trust in daily living, but number two, the Bible teaches there's trust in our giving. Now, I find it interesting that God links this passage. You know, back in February, I did a sermon on tithing, a rare sermon on tithing. How many months ago was that? Four or five months ago, whatever. And uh, I did a rare sermon on giving. And I assure you, I didn't go through my Bible trying to find another, another chapter on giving. See, where can I fit it in? Where can I? No, this is where it lands. Do you know why? Because this is a logical place of faith and trust. I find it interesting that God links the two. So when we talk about this for a moment, notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, the very next verse, honor the Lord. Now let's just stop right there. You know, we said back in February, do you realize that preachers never came up with the idea of tithing? That's shocking, isn't it? Churches never instituted the idea of tithing. Religions never came up with the idea of tithing. It's not a religious matter. It's not a church matter. It's not a a preacher matter. They didn't come up with it. You know where the idea of tithing comes from? From God himself. This is God's idea. This is God's plan. This is God's pattern for our life. And we would do well to pay attention to it. So when we talk about our trust, are we trusting in the Lord? Or are we leaning upon our own understanding? The Bible says honor the Lord. It doesn't say honor the church. It doesn't say honor the preacher. Have you ever seen preachers on TV? Oh, just, oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I don't have to elaborate. You know, I saw, I saw a brother on there a few years ago, and uh, he was talking into the camera while people were coming forward with their giving, to which I kind of thought, huh, the Bible says to do that stuff in secret. Don't say to come forward. But anyways, they were all coming forward, and, and, get, and he's talking into the camera, and he's real fervent, and he's sweating everywhere, and he goes, he goes, I can't win the world by myself, people. I thought, bro, no one asked you to. Who asked you to do that? No one can win the world. We're not even, we're part of a body, amen? It's not all about you. And we've seen these things abused, and we've seen them, oh, and we've seen it, oh, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But listen to what he says. It doesn't say honor the preacher. It doesn't say honor the church. It says honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. Now let me teach you a principle right now. You're still with me, right? I hadn't lost you. Okay. Let me teach you a principle. That, Lord, that the Lord has so graciously began to teach me and Sadie. I've been very transparent with you when I did the previous sermon and, and shared with you what a struggle tithing has been for me and Sadie throughout our marriage. Had nothing to do with the want to. We've always wanted to give. We've always wanted to give quite generously. It had the ability, it had the issue of ability. Did we have the ability? to give. Well, for so long in our thinking, 
We thought, no, we don't have the ability. By the time we pay this, and by the time we pay that, and by the time we pay this, there's so little left. So how can we? Lord, it's not that we don't want to, it's that we can't. Oh, how wrong our thinking was. Notice what the text says. Notice. Now, hang on, before we read it, what did, what did the verses above say? It said, when we follow, when God's word is about our neck and written on the tablet of our heart, then we find favor and success. Amen? Now, notice what this says. Honor the Lord with your wealth. It's honoring the Lord, not the man, not the church, none of that. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So that's where the priority starts. But notice what the next phrase says. And with the first fruits of all your produce. See, it was the principle of first fruits that took me and Sadie so long to really understand and believe. So what we would do is, is we would say, God, by the time we pay our mortgage and by the time we pay all of our insurance premiums and by the time we pay our car and we pay our gas and we pay our food and we get this and this and that, and by the time all of that's done, God, there's nothing left. And it's because we weren't doing the first fruits principle. What God speaks of throughout the entire Bible is you don't give God what's left, you give him what's first. Amen. So what Sadie and I did, because we don't manage cash very well. Does anybody not manage cash very well? Anybody want to join that small group? You give me cash, you want to know where it's going to end up? At Subway or somewhere like that, right? I mean, I don't do real well with cash. We had to find a way that was disciplined, that, that it worked for us. And I'll tell you what we found. We found e-giving worked for us. So why we set ours up to debit our account every Monday morning at 12.01 a.m. It reaches into our bank account and it pulls out what's first. And we say glory to God. And before the mortgage gets it, before the gas gets it, before the car gets it, before the, the grocery store gets it, God gets the first fruit. And do you know what we found after a while doing this? We have more left over now than we ever had. And now it's like, well, how did we not have that left? Because we weren't doing it right. We weren't honoring the principle of first fruits. And in this day, in that context, it was agriculture. And so God said, bring the first of your produce. Today, in our context, God would say, bring the first of your income. Whatever that is. The first and it's a faith matter to say, I'm not going to give God what's left. I'm going to give him what's first. Does that make sense to you? Here's how it made sense to me and Sadie. If Sadie and I earn $100, how much of that belongs to the Lord? 10%. That's the training wheels of giving. 10%. That's, that's, that's the minimum requirement of the Lord. That 10%. Now, Paul goes on to say, hey, I want you to be a cheerful giver. Don't, I mean, settle in your heart what you want to do. So, but, but that, the, the, the starting point is 10%. And so this is where Sadie and I had to come into an agreement. We had to say, if we earn $10, how much of that goes to the Lord? $100. $10. 10%. And we had to come into agreement to say, we would rather... 
<laughs> I mean, we're, just, we're talking about daily living, daily faith. We would rather live and manage and live on $90 that has God's hand and God's favor and God's blessing all over it than to have $100 that has no blessing of God on it. Does that not make sense? And you say, oh boy, the preacher's really preaching about money today. No, I'm preaching about faith today because it's God who links it. It's God who links it. It's God who links it. And let me tell you why I tithe. I don't do it because the church expects it. I don't do it because I'm employed by the church. I don't do it for any of those reasons. Do you know why I tithe? It's because I want God's hand. I want his favor all over my life. And the Bible tells me how. The first fruits. Don't give God what's left. Give him what's first. So if our ushers will come, we'll take an offering. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to take an offering. I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> but anyways, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I bet if I could see it, I bet some of your mouths gaped open. But anyways, okay. So, so, all right, let's get back on track. So there's first, uh, there's, there's trust daily living, and then there's trust giving. And then lastly, and this is where I close, look at the next verse. Oh, 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 I missed this part. Just, just make sure you, you get this. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Uh, bring... Uh, with the first fruits of all your produce, and then what's the promise? Then your barns will be full, and your vats will be bursting with wine. You think God don't want to bless you? Of course he wants to bless you. Trust in daily living, trust in giving, and then lastly today, trust in submitting. Trust in submitting. Now notice what he says. Wise counsel. Now remember, all of this is linked to trusting the Lord with all your heart and not leaning upon your own understanding. Now notice what he says. My son, do not despise the discipline of the Lord, nor grow weary ooh, in the Lord's reproofs, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves. And then notice what, very tender, notice what he says. As a father reproves the son in whom he delights. Hallelujah. You know, my little boy Hudson, he's two years old now, just a little over two. And that kid's into everything. He breaks everything. We say he could break a crowbar in a, wild, in a desert. I mean, he breaks everything. The boy touches it, it breaks. But you know, when we discipline Hudson, I think of all our children, that boy can stick his lip out further than any of them. He'll drop his little head. That little lip will come down and oh, he'll just pout. But why do we discipline our children? Because we love them. Because we love them. What's the goal as parents? Our goal is to see them grow up, to see them mature into responsible men and women. 
To see them go on and have their own families and go on and have their own careers and go on and live their lives to God's glory as responsible adults. That's our goal, right? Guess what? That's God's goal for you. My goal is not to make my children happy with everything they want. You'll ruin them. My goal is to raise them responsibly, right? And that's God's goal for us. So it may be times that God disciplines you. It may be times that God reproves you. What, what's the word of God say? Don't despise it. And my friend, don't grow weary of it. Because it's evidence that the Lord loves you. In other words, let's put it this way. Other people may get by with it, but God's not going to let you get by with it. Amen. That's God loving on you. That's God parenting you. That's him being a father to you. That's him saying, I don't care if everybody else does it. You're my child and you're not going to do it. Hallelujah for that. Amen. The discipline of the Lord. Are you able to submit to it? Are you able to walk down the road marked with suffering? Are you willing to submit under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you? Are you willing? Or are you living in your own understanding? And what it means to live in your own understanding is to say, God, I don't deserve this. That's leaning on your own understanding. God, why would you? That's living in your own understanding. No, submitting to God is, if you deem this good, if you see fit, then I submit to what you say is good for me. That's submitting. That's trust in submitting. So where's your life at today? Are you trusting in your daily life does every decision go through the throne of God are you trusting God in giving I believe it was Billy Graham I believe it was Billy Graham who said if you really want to show me your faith let me see your checkbook (laughs) because many of us say we trust God for our provisions but we don't follow the real pattern of his word many of us give God what's left rather than what's first. Are you trusting God in submitting to his disciplines? Do you feel today like God's picking on you? Do you feel like God has abandoned you? Do you feel like God is concerned about everybody except for you? No, my friend, submit to the discipline of the Lord. Or do you find yourself in a hardship today where you're saying, why would God allow me to walk this path could it be my friend that he's directing your steps could it be my friend that he's making straight your path submit yield and say God I yield to you today if you need to come pray because you need to give some areas over to the Lord perhaps you need to submit yourself in a fresh way today Perhaps you need to commit yourself in a new way today. Maybe you need to say, God, I've looked at hardships or I've looked at disappointments or I've looked at sorrow and I've looked at it all wrong. I've not acknowledged you in every way of my life and that's changing today. 
Perhaps you want to come to the altar today and say, God has just a sign of saying, I am acknowledging you. I acknowledge you. Come right now and pray. Slip out of your seat. Come, stand, kneel, sit, whatever. Come around these altars today and say, God, I just give myself and I acknowledge you no more leaning on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to trust in you. Have you visited my online store where you can find books, music, sermon series, and so much more? I hope you'll go there today, awakentograce.com slash store, and keep checking back because our resources that are designed for spiritual growth are always growing. Awakentograce.com slash store.